Welcome, Jedi. We've been expecting you. You're listening to the Star Wars Exchange Podcast with your hosts, Mike and Ari. Your escape to that galaxy far, far away. Okay, shut that thing off and grab some seats. What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Star Wars Exchange. It's been a while. There hasn't been a lot of Star Wars stuff going on, but man, life's been crazy. And uh, yeah, a hiatus just <laughs> just came upon us, I suppose. But um, man, Ahsoka is out. We loved it. We can't wait to talk about it. But can't start the episode without asking Mike, how you been going, mate? What's been hey. going on this last couple of months? I know, right? It's been a <laughs> it's been a couple. This has been probably one of the craziest summers of of my life and everything so it's just so weird so much it feels like uh, so many worlds are are colliding all at once in in some points like when Ari was here uh with me and shy he was amongst like all my school friends and well college friends um and everything and i thought it was such a you know melding of the two worlds and then i've been reconnecting with old friends the past month and it's just been it's been really interesting it's been so cool of how far i've come on my personal journey of the experience of life and then just i don't know just a lot of reflection taking place um in the past couple months and stuff so um been busy and then having a full-time job is no joke uh i would work uh six in the morning till two in the afternoon and then i get home and be like all right i got a full day ahead of me and no i didn't even have time to like make a post for instagram i was just so tired um so right now i'm in uh uh just working it feels like side missions before i get to like my uh career and what i want to do and stuff so um it's still fun but it just it's just not the not the work that i'm looking for for um the rest of life so it's right now everything feels like in a like in a crazy transition period, but it just, Mm. it's crazy. Um, because then, you know, star Wars as always provides, and I always feel like my life journey is always somehow tied to some of the star Wars things going on and in current state, just because I see a lot of parallels and stuff, you know? Um, so now I'm watching Ahsoka and I'm like, I'm just ready to go in all in on, um ahsoka and her own journey and stuff like that and i just finished my rebels marathon that i started months ago um and finished the finale like five minutes before the ahsoka release dropped on on (laughs) disney plus so oh yeah new time and date so everything has just changed changed around here and stuff but yeah just you guys get the episodes earlier so that's a good thing but um yeah it it suits us a lot doesn't it (laughs) It, it it seriously does. So it just changes everything and changes our energy levels too. So I'm I'm pumped for all this. But um, how's it been going for you? And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Tell us. Oh man, yeah. So I mean, similar to you, life's just been crazy. Obviously, I had my whole venture out to the states, uh, where you know visiting friends and family, Mike included, of course. Um, and yeah, we I mean we had a great time over there. So so many memories that we do talk about on episodes that have been recorded that haven't come out, but. Uh, I know we we sort of promised them in our most recent episode. They th- there's at least two that will come out. Um, there's yeah, there was there was so much going on with uh, with the trip and life, and so things uh, have, have Star Wars has sort of got put on the back seat, I suppose, for both of us. Like I I posted 
maybe once or twice when I was overseas and I, I haven't posted since two days ago. So uh, approaching Ahsoka, but uh, don't, please don't mind my voice. If it's a tad croaky, I just recovered from the flu. Uh, and then I went and went to a football game, which was, was a big game up the Sainers. Um, and, and so I, I lost my voice again. Um, but no, we're, we're doing good. Also, it's been so long since we recorded an episode, which I was like, something doesn't look right on StreamYard. And I realized our display names weren't on for the first like minute of this podcast because it was switched off because we were using StreamYard to record. And obviously we're, we're using the one camera anyway, that just goes to show how long it's been, but no, I've been good. Um, I've got a foreign visitor in my house. Some of you might be familiar with Davis. He's been staying with me, uh, which has been fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just out here, you know, doing, doing college, trying to, trying to find a new job and all that. So yeah, life's crazy, but I mean, it's been fun and hey, man, we all, we always had to come back and cover this show because it's effectively Star Wars Rebels season five. And that show means a lot to both of us and is a huge part of our, you know, Star Wars journey. And also just like our friendship, that was something that really brought us together. So it only felt right coming back and covering the show, um, which yeah, we're here to do. Uh, so let's get started, I guess. Mike, me and you just watched uh, the first two episodes. Like you said, uh, you know, it's got the new release time. So it's coming out 11 a.m. for me now and 8 p.m. for you, which works so much better for both of our schedules. We can pretty much sit and watch them and then record because it's not, you know, four in the morning for you or, or whatever it is or, You're right. um, you know, too early in the morning for me. But yeah, so it, it's, it's working well. We've just watched them. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I just, uh, it was such a thrill to sit there and, and be all giddy with excitement to, you know, well, let me preface this and say, I wasn't excited for the show um, at all because I did not really like uh, Rosario Dawson's uh, Ahsoka. Um, uh, besides, you know, I liked her in the Mando episode for sure, but it just felt like a different Ahsoka, but I was in, in the realm of, hey, we never got to meet the Ahsoka really after um, her encounter with Vader. Like we saw her for a bit and she worked with Ezra, but she was fresh out of that experience literally because she was pulled away right before she would have been killed by Vader. Right. Ezra saved her. And it was like this quick moment, just thrown into a situation react. And what was her life beyond, um, you know, that world in between worlds? Like what was, what did she do? Like, you know, that must've had a toll on her. She went into, her fight with Vader thinking she can change him and, and be like, Oh, you know, and just to be almost killed by him, by the person that you considered, you know, your, your master and everything and your friend and, and your brother and like a father figure, all that, all at the same time, you know, what does that do to a person? So I was, I was always in the camp of I'm, I was embracing that different Ahsoka that we, we got in Mandalorian. But then it just felt very garbled and, and mixed messages too in Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka felt all over the place. And like like it just felt like the 2008 Ahsoka in live action and it just felt horrible, at least to me. And so I wasn't really looking forward to that. But one of the things, as you know, as Ari said, Rebels, Rebels has meant so much to me. And you guys have heard the stories on here and stuff. But Rebels has meant so much to me. And you know, I always opposed Rebels because it was it was the replacement series for Clone Wars. But after watching the premiere of Spark of Rebellion, I was just all in. And that's kind of how I felt here. Um, you know, I watched like a clip uh, that featured Hera and Chopper on YouTube. And like I was my excitement for this show was maybe like a one or two. And this clip comes out 
and it immediately goes to like an eight like it was insane like i just i was like oh my god Hera sounds like Hera, and chopper is chopper and the interactions that they had on in that in that damn like tiny second clip that it was great it was it just felt like it was perfectly translated from rebels onto the screen and was its own thing like it was just great it felt like i was watching the og rebels fans know machine and the ghost that short that was released before the rebel series like ahead of uh, its debut and it just felt like that type of Hera and chopper banter and it, it was just it just felt great it felt right um and this whole experience watching ahsoka was i was giddy i was like you know i was embracing that you know these are not you know Sabine Wren is not played by Tia Sakar. Ezra Bridger is not played by Taylor Gray. Hera is not played by the great uh, Vanessa Marshall. You know, we, these are all different. These are, you know, characters written by Dave Filoni, but they're just not the way we know them. So it was just, it was, I think it was, I think all of this was great. Um, if I'm being honest, like I thought um, the, the action sequences are amazing. The music was great. Like this finally felt like a, like I love the music in Mandalorian, but it definitely felt like its own different thing. And then season three, you know, we got a different composer and really didn't match the beat as the first two seasons. And the Kiner's just the Kiner family. They just fill in the blanks. Like it could be like a boring sit down scene. And it was just still the music. They have music in the background that carries this us from scene to scene. And it's just, it's always so um, poetic and everything. So the music was great. The visuals, I thought they looked good it, in the trailers and everything. I, it just turned me off because it looked like fan filmy and just looked too bright. Like the lighting just did, didn't. It just looked like Ahsoka was underneath like a lamp, like a desk lamp. It just it did not look good. It looked good. Like I enjoyed the visuals. So for these two episodes, set up the the series on like this high platform for me that i just the first the first episode i thought was very cinematic the second episode i'm like okay starting to feel more like a tv show but it still felt like a really expensive tv show so i don't know for me this whole ahsoka experience was great grand great rebels continuation and i'm very interested oh yeah shout out rosario dawson because i actually Mm -hmm. really liked her ahsoka this time around really liked it so all in all i thought these two episodes were fantastic what about you? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think my approach to the series going into it was a little different to yours. I remember when Ahsoka was initially announced um, at that investors meeting. I immediately, uh, you know, I was excited for everything that day, but Ahsoka was the one thing that I was like, yes. And going forward, I remember I used to, I went back when I was doing the podcast solo, I'd have people like Mike on and I'd go, what are you looking forward to most in the future? And, you know, there was a mixed response and, and we'd always end up talking about it. And I always talk about how excited I was for Ahsoka. This was, you know, back in 2020, 2021. So when the series was still years away. So I've always sort of had that excitement for the show. Um, I, I just, because I always felt like it was going to be a Rebels continuation because I thought if we're covering Ahsoka in this period, well, you know, we know that she met up with Sabine and, and you know, I mean, I've, I've crapped on about for long enough but Ezra being my favorite Star Wars character I'm thinking well does that mean we're gonna find him you know so uh I guess that's why I've always really looked forward to it now um more recently though um you know I the Rosario Dawson Ahsoka has just taken me a long time to get used to but I think going into the series I wasn't worried about that I was fairly used to it I didn't feel as strongly as Mike did but I probably still agreed with uh 
what he said about, you know, Rosario in the Book of Boba episodes and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think more recently though, with the Mandalorian season three, everyone knows how I feel about that. Not great. Um, I, yeah, my excitement for it just went down a, a great deal. I, I just wasn't invested in the Disney plus Star Wars shows anymore. Um, this was only a few months ago and then leading into it, I just, my, my brain has been switched off from Star Wars. So I wasn't really thinking about it, but then I think similar to Mike with uh, how he's saying he saw that clip of Hera and Chopper, that was definitely one that drove a lot of my excitement, but I think seeing a, um, a TV spot or whatever you call it with Hayden Christensen talking over it, I was like, okay, okay. This was maybe a week ago. I was like, I need to start, you know, really preparing for this series. So then I go back on Instagram. I watch Rebel season four and I was like, all right, I'm ready. Watch the trailers a bunch of time. And I was like, okay, this is going to be great. This feels like Rebel season five. Um, and and that's really, really what, what I want because, you know, uh, as we've both said, that series is, is just everything. It's probably both of our favorite thing within Star Wars. So to continue that is an exciting prospect. Anyway, all that to say, these first two episodes lived up to the hype that I guess I was building within myself. Uh, it feels like a very, very solid continuation of Star Wars Rebels. I think all the characters translated very well. I think uh, me and Mike were talking about it during the episode, but the Mando Ahsoka episode, I have a newfound appreciation for because I feel like that was a rehearsal for, for this series because I think the Ahsoka character, I don't know what it is, the costume... Uh, just all the fact that we've seen that character so much, it, it's harder to get that right than maybe a Sabine or a Hera. So having that practice with Ahsoka, because I think, you know, people love that episode. For me, I was lukewarm on it. I didn't think it was quite right. But I think that was necessary so that when we start the Ahsoka show, look at the results we get. And it's a fantastic interpretation. The acting's great. The writing is, is a lot better, I must say, too. And, and generally, you know, we also talked about Dave Filoni. His live-action experience... Uh, it has almost all been practice and rehearsal for this show. Um, and he's, he's really knocked it out of the park so far. And then Sabine, Hera, they, they were great to me. I'm still, there's still always going to be a part of me that's upset that those characters, uh, I mean, all these characters couldn't be continued on by the voice actors. You know, I'm literally staring at a picture of me with Taylor Gray and, um, you know, we, as Mike, Mike said, the great Vanessa Marshall, all those, all those actors, we still love them. But so, you know, I think I had to get over that barrier, but, the Rosario things definitely helped me as well to, you know, maybe two years down the track. I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm ready. I'm ready to just move on uh, and, and let go and, um, you know, go in with an open mind and really enjoy these new interpretations of the characters, which I did. I thought they were all great. Chopper, of course, was was awesome. Not much change there. But uh, yeah, on, the, on that side of things, I all thought it was great. Lothal looked amazing. Um, I, that was something that I was looking forward to a lot. And that really paid off. And I think overall, the narrative just has me invested. You can sort of see where it's going, but there's still so many questions to be answered. It feels like there's a lot of direction to this show. Um, yeah. And, and to touch on what Mike said, the show actually looks really good. It's not, uh, you know, this excellent, um, amazing uh, film set. However, you look back on some very recent Star Disney Plus shows, Book of Boba, Mando season three, this just, you know, exceeds that, exceeds the way those shows look by by a long way and, and you know, really delivers in a solid way. But uh, yeah, overall, I'm just, the show feels inspired. It feels, um, it just, yeah, I, I'm actually really invested in the narrative going forward. I think there's so much to do here. It feels like such a good sandbox to play in for Dave Filoni. And yeah, man, I'm feeling great. <laughs> I can't wait to, to dive further into these episodes, but 
Um, let's talk about the start because you mentioned it already, but it did feel very cinematic, you know, like uh, it felt like we were going into a movie. We, we got that crawl. Um, the opening sequence was all unfamiliar characters, which I really enjoyed. Um, and yeah, it sort of set the stakes for, for the whole show. How did, how did that opening sequence pan out for you? It couldn't have started better on the, in the year that is celebrating 40 years of return of the Jedi. It literally felt, and it was just maybe because we saw home one and all the Mon, Mon Calamari cruisers, but I thought it was just insane. It just felt very, um, cinematic and I thought everything looked great and it was very it, it felt like we were going in the past by seeing all these like you know when you watch the original trilogy and you see all these like rebels guys rebel guys in the you know in the bridge of ships and everything it just looks so like science fictiony from that time so it's so funny compared to like the kind of stuff that star wars does now and how different it looks so it just felt like you know just going back in the time where it kind of looks kind of like star trekky and and just like you know science fiction of the 70s but uh with all the you know people on the bridge rebel rebel crew and whatever so i thought that was funny uh but it was funny visually and i i think we even laughed at the at that one mon calamari and that like <laughs> and that <laughs> the helmet is like meant to stick out so much but it just didn't at all that was hilarious <laughs> it was so funny so yeah i thought i thought this opening scene was uh really cool i thought the crawl was great um yeah, I don't, it just, it brought me back to, um, it like, it was perfect because it just felt like that time period post Return of the Jedi or anything that has to do with the Rebel Alliance, which is, you know, now the New Republic, but it just felt just like all that. So I thought I captured that great. Um, and I love visually how that, sh uh, that shuttle was coming in and we all know how the back end looks of like the Jedi shuttles that they would use in Clone Wars and stuff. So I thought, I'm like, oh, it's one of those like Jedi shuttles. Okay, they are Jedi. And it just, it's like, then later in the episode, you get to see like the front of it and it just doesn't look quite like the Jedi shuttles that we know from, from Clone Wars. So I don't know if that was done on purpose or not, but it felt very um, inside baseball. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, we saw a lot of the, of this scene and clips and marketing and stuff where Balin and uh do you know her name? The the apprentice's name. Do you? Uh you're muted by the way. You could tell it's been a minute for both of us. Oh there we go. <laughs> it has been a minute. I think it's like I can't remember exactly, but it's like Shill or something like that. Oh yeah. So, so we'll get used to the names hopefully we'll by episode research. three. But yeah. Balin and his apprentice, uh, when they were cutting up rebel soldiers inside the inside the cruiser, right? we've seen that a lot of times in the uh, whole bunch of times in the marketing and stuff. So it was no surprise to me that that was going to happen, but it was still done really well. Did you, did you find her name? Yes, I I found the post that I made that has the, the oh name great in it. we got yeah oh no oh Shin Hattie there you go Shin Hattie. Shin okay I found okay. it. Sorry, awesome. I was I was glitching out. There's a lot going on there <laughs> behind, behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, yeah no. perfect opening scene. I just For it just sure. it just set the vibe and set also up with the two characters. I mean, uh, what did you think of uh, Balin and and Shin from the start? Yeah, no, I, I really liked them. Um, yeah, I I mean, obviously it's uh it's bittersweet because of, of mm. the actor playing Balin, of course, unfortunately passed away. Um, which the very uh right in doing so um 
uh, putting something in the credits there for him at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in that sense, yeah, very bittersweet. But um, I think uh, I love both the characters. I think they're great. There's a lot of mystery around them. Um, the, the series did uh, probably need some some newer characters and not lean too heavily on Sabine, Ahsoka, Hera, Chopper, etc. Um, so, oh, sorry about that, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I I thought both of them were great, and I, I'm. I just want to learn more, to be honest, because in the trailer we hear Balin talking about um, uh, talking to Ahsoka about Anakin and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, overall, I'm excited by them. How about you? Yeah, no, I I think they, as you said, not relying too much on on the already established characters, and it kind of makes you raise an eyebrow because it's like, what are Darksiders doing out here and stuff? Like what? You know, it just it throws it throws a wrench in what we already know with lore with Jedi and Sith during this time. It's like, wait, what? Where do they fit in? You know, um, and obviously some information has been revealed here and there about them and and whatnot. But it's just very cool to get new a new premise in there because I was I was I'm already bored of the Inquisitor character. I'm like, why are you here? I think his name is Merrick. I'm like, why are you here? Like, it's just yeah, what's he, going on there? <laughs> I don't. I'm. I hope there's something more than that. But the at least Balin and Shin are carrying the villain side of it, and yeah, because the Inquisitor guy, I'm like, great, you look cool, but it just, I'm. I think I'm tired of live action Inquisitors at this point. But I still think it's it's a cool concept. But I hope there's more there. But yeah yeah that you're so right i didn't even think about that but live action <laughs> live action and inquisitor just don't seem to go well whatever it is um but let's let's talk about so ahsoka goes onto that planet she said the name of her i can't remember but and she finds the map and i mean that maybe a small grab pad was like oh great like the map's just sitting there and now we've found it and like, right. it just felt very like uh it's just classic rise of skywalker like, oh. yeah rise of skywalker even even um force awakens a little bit just like we mm, have this mysterious yes. map and and whatever it is but i'm uh, tired of that cliche i'm tired of the map finding it yeah it's I'm, I'm a bit tired of it it's a little like wait who okay so who put this map here who yeah, indi- why who, why does who it updated exist it? like, like is who it? made these like ancient traps when thrawn is like a new premise in the galaxy and his his you know yeah. his location is a bit new this looks like it's been sitting here for centuries you know who put that there? I don't know. I'm yeah. It's a, yeah. Go on. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to no, 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 rant no. about I, it. I, I mean, I completely agree. That's how I feel. It's just like I don't know. It, it feels a, a bit of like a weird trope to use for this specific instance. It's like they only went missing like what five, six, seven, eight years ago. Like someone right. made this map for that. Anyways, putting that aside, uh, the planet looked great. The uh, it was it was a great introduction or reintroduction, I should say, to Ahsoka. Um, I, I did talk to Mike. I, I thought it was a little weird how we watched Ahsoka align those things for, it felt like 10 minutes, but, but, you know, I guess, uh, he sort of told me those are the things you'll appreciate on rewatch where it's sort of, you have a moment to breathe. Whereas, you know, some stuff lately, it's like, just so this happens, this happens, there was no moment to breathe. But, um, anyway, yeah, I enjoyed all of that. And then, yeah, I, I just thought solid reintroduction to the character. How about you? I thought I thought it was a grand entrance by Ahsoka because it's obviously she wasn't in the opening scene, but this is her opening scene, and it just the way she gets to um, uh, fight those droids and everything. I gotta say the choreography so far has been really good. It's been solid. Like it's been, I don't know. I just it's it, it feels like an upgrade from Mandal- Mandalorian uh, from 
what they were doing with some of the action sequences. They just didn't really, there's maybe like one or two that I like from season three and I could pick out like maybe four that I've enjoyed, really enjoyed so far from the, from the episodes. And there's only two out and, you know, uh, I think I'm including each action sequence that I really liked. So, um, yeah, great introduction to Ahsoka. And I really like that. Uh, it kind of felt like Indiana Jones a bit. It felt like kingdom of the crystal skull with those like alien type looking creatures on the, on yeah, the wall. Yeah, so yeah. I felt very Indiana Jones inspired, but yeah, very, very, very meta for Lucasfilm. But yeah, I, and the, the way she was running away from the, well, I thought with the droids when they were doing the countdown, I was like, why doesn't she just force force push them away? But it just would have not made a difference at all because that was one big explosion. And when she started running, I'm like, ooh, that looks cool. And it was just, I don't know. I just feel like Dave Filoni, now that he got to like, you know, um, got to like sink his teeth in into live action filmmaking. Like this just all feels very grand. There was just something about the way it was shot, the way... Um, everything was executed even the music everything just felt grand i don't i don't i don't know it was just the simple stuff that i even felt like i'm like this is almost like movie quality so mm-hmm. i could definitely see why they appointed dave filoni a live action star wars star wars film now like i see it i'm like yeah this this i'm telling you the first episode genuinely felt like a cinematic experience like i if if you put in maybe yeah. like like 50 70 more million dollars into the budget I, you have me sold. Uh, you have me sold. Just yeah. so you know, they can update. Like Sabine's armor doesn't look all that appealing. It kind of looks prosthetic and everything. But with an increased budget, I'm sure that would look greater and grander. But but it just this feels like such a step up from Dave Filoni. Like all of this stuff. So great, yeah. great um, Ahsoka Ahsoka scene. And yeah, it's like you got to have more of those um, scenes play out and stuff. And I I definitely felt like. This we were at such a it was just paced better than like all these choppy cuts and you know it's like yeah we she fiddles around with it we get we get it but it's like the fact that you get to see Ahsoka fiddle around with it walk from one stone to the other it just there's something more about that that I just like you know we just yeah. get to a moment to pause and just yeah it takes sit with the time. character right yeah yeah I I think I prefer that approach I think at the time I was sort of just so eager for you right. know, stuff to start happening yeah. until it was the beginning. Um, but yeah, no, looking back, I'm like, no, I, I'd so much prefer that than, you know, um, <laughs> I, don't, I feel so bad continually coming back to it, but I'd prefer that compared to other recent Star Wars media. Anyway, moving <laughs> on from that, um, we get reintroduced to Hera. Um, what, what did you, what did you think of that? We already touched on it, but yeah, it, it was pretty seamless yeah again pretty just because i've grown used to and accustomed to the voice in trailers and stuff of that of what's her name elizabeth do we know who's playing her yeah mary elizabeth something mary elizabeth uh, elizabeth mary winstead or something yes that winston some yeah. like Winstead, yeah, I think you we'll nailed it. There. This is like we'll Andor get... all over again. We'll get there, guys. First episode back, first episode covering the show. Yeah, are we on season three of the podcast? Or are we still in season two? Yeah, uh, we don't know. We'll talk after, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we'll see. Um, yeah, the actress did a fine job of capturing Hera's mannerisms and um, portraying the character and not feeling cartoony, um, like the way I felt rosario dawson was doing in the book of both episode she just was trying to animate 
an animated character in live action and that just that didn't work out um too well but this this was great i i loved um hera's uh performance i loved um her dialogue it just some of it though felt a little like cliche because i know like with rebels like you know it's more attuned to kids and stuff and the way hera would sometimes communicate to the other characters would be very minced and would be very direct but with filled with love and here i it was like the type of same feeling when i'm like okay we're we were grown up now we can step up the dialogue a little bit it just sometimes hera the way she's written she sometimes relies too much on cliches like good luck you're gonna need it it's like yeah 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 we yeah it's it's a cliche we get it but it's yeah i usually i was told to stay away from cliches but it or you know at least if you're gonna do a cliche like you know refine it where it just doesn't sound like a cliche so it just hera this episode was or these two episodes she had a little bit of clicheness in her dialogue but other than that (laughs) i i just created a new a new word and a, a new enunciation of course but but yeah other than that like the hera and the pilot in the cockpit hera's um dialogue with chopper i thought oh, it just yeah. it was great it was like some if you had like a live action making machine and you threw your rebels blu-ray at it and then it produced you know live action stuff i feel like it just it just was that you know it just yeah. it worked so yeah yeah no absolutely i agree i i can't even add much to that besides you look like you disagree are you okay (laughs) yeah i I really do (laughs) well i mean i think yeah i agree with everything regards the characterization the appearance is is pretty good you know it's not it's not the best but i think that's just one of those awkward things that you sort of got to get used to with the transition especially with um like uh alien character i suppose it's not it's not squadrons good have you seen heron squadrons yeah that wasn't a convincing yeah. Okay. Well, I've seen it, but I'm like, does Hera look that good in squadrons? I mean, it's been years since I she does. She day, does. Okay. Uh, I believe you. I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> but though we do go to Lothal next, which I already mentioned, I thought it looked absolutely great. And Ryder Azadi's there, which is awesome. And he's played by Clancy Brown, which is just epic. Um, and then Jai Kel as well, just man, absolute love letter to Rebels. And these weren't just like in your face, like, you know, at least to me, I thought that made sense to have those guys in there, especially Ryder, um, especially in that moment, I should say, too. But yeah, that was super fun. And, you know, you know, like I've, I've mentioned, Lothal just, it looked great. It, uh, it felt like we were on such a grander scale um, visually than uh, anything we've, we've seen recently on Disney Plus with Star Wars. So, yeah, I thought all that stuff was good. And even just seeing Sabine on a speeder going down like the, the highway or whatever they call that, <laughs> all the way to the comms tower. Um, and and yeah, having her live in in that in there where Ezra used to is just uh, and so it's just great. Um it's definitely uh yeah, it's definitely pleasing me so far. Yeah, no, hundred percent Lothal is like season one Lothal is like my favorite oh yeah thing ever it's there's such a calming presence to lothal like the the landscape um the music accompanying the planet uh Mm. you know shout out kiner family and then whatever sounds the sound effects of lothal just like 
the wind whistling in the air or just the calming presence of Lothal cats or Loth cats. Like it's just it's just overall a calming presence. When you get season four Lothal, that is just a disgusting uh mess because of the pollution and the yeah. exploitation going on by the Empire. Yeah. But this Empire or nah, this Lothal Empire is dead by the way. This Lothal, <laughs> this version of Lothal was great as well. Um, I hope we get one of those, like, oh, no, I looked at you because we got a scene where, because I had just told you, see, episode one wrapped up. And I'm like, I really hope we get some establishing shots of Lothal where we just get to, like, live in yeah. it, you know? And yeah, we yeah, got yeah. that in, in episode two when there was a, a loft cat overlooking, like, the comms tower or something. And we just, it just felt like a shot from rebels where it just focuses on the loft cats, you know, and, and, and the planes of Lothal. And that's yeah. exactly what episode two this. I was like, great. So yeah, the writer is was oh, Clancy Brown. It's just always great to see him. It's always great to see him in star Wars. Oh yeah. He was in Mandalorian. He played that. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. That's in right. The prison episode. Exactly. He played yeah. that uh mercenary, whatever. And, and now he's back. Oh, just, yeah, it's great to see him. And I'm glad writer lives. I'm glad. Um, Senator. Uh, Jai Kel lives because yeah. everyone thought Jai Kel didn't live because he was in the penult- penultimate episode of Rebels, but he didn't appear in the finale. So people thought he died. But yeah. no, he lives. He lives. I want a book Shout on Jai Kel. I want a book yeah, on Jai Kel. Well, we have these books on Zaleona, so surely, no. <laughs> surely we can get one on Jai Kel. This is we'll the mail. I don't just have this ready for the podcast, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for doing that because do you think we'll see Zero Leonis in the show? Oh, that'd be so great. What I don't know that? if it, it I don't know if it would like make sense or I don't know how they could make it work, but if they made that work, that'd be yeah, that'd be great. But if he was a rebel commander or something. Oh yeah, even better. I'm, I'm Maybe so he's the inquisitor. Maybe he's the inquisitor. <laughs> that's a theory. I mean, that's a theory. <laughs> I am up here for the wild theories. I, that's certainly one of them. But no, it would be great to see that. I, I want to. I want the rebels' love to to just continue. Let's get let's get a puffer pig in there. You know. Let's, oh yes. Um, oh yeah. I was do it all. I was gonna say um, either to you or on the podcast. I was gonna say. Oh no, that's my thing. What I'm gonna do is we're gonna make it a, a point every episode to mention if there is a puffer pig reference or not. And so I'm gonna <laughs> say it at this episode. Sure. No puffer pig reference. And no puffer pig appearance. Maybe the next episodes. Maybe I, they've got to surely. They have surely. to. They, they have to. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um. So, oh, another another appearance. Not a rebels shadow. More of a clone wars shadow. But Hu Yang is like a prominent character. Yeah. In the show, which I think is awesome. Uh, we actually get to see a lot more of him. He was great in that youngling arc. I know you would have appreciated seeing him. So what do you? Oh think? yeah. No. It, it, when I was watching it i had so many flashbacks up to when i was watching uh clone wars season five which he first appeared in and yeah uh, i was like in eighth grade and i was just like it's been a it's been so long since it's been 10 years since i graduated grade school and so i was just like i can't like i was trying to imagine myself back then uh in, in in those shoes watching like Hugh Ang in, in live action because at the time the only thing live action were the were the movies which is I feel very old saying <laughs> but it was the only thing that was in live action so it was so funny to, I because I just had this like weird experience where I was like 
and not even like about like Ahsoka or hair or anything. It was literally about Hugh Ang. Um, yeah. So yeah, shout out Hugh Ang. I don't know, like it. It's so cool because I was just sitting there being like, man, like thinking about the episodes he was in and and how much like how special he is, and also that they have David Tennant still voicing him. I yeah, thought that was that's great. I was I love Hugh Ang so much that in that David Tennant appeared in. Uh, Jessica Jones is or Netflix's series Jessica Jones he appears as like the villain and every time I would hear his voice whenever I would get anxious from the episode because there's just so much going on I would always even though he was the villain David Tennant I would just always look for his voice and find that soothing Hugh Ang presence uh, whenever I could find it because yeah. it just you know but yeah just crazy seeing him and I love that Hugh Ang was alluding to or actually showing that he was you know he is he is Yuang because he, you know, just he knew all about the Jedi younglings, about the lightsabers, and he's just the, um, yeah, he's just the relic. He's we love Yuang around here. So, and he's still seventy five percent original parts, right? And we know yeah. that because, uh, well, yeah, because he and everything was new. He said it, and then he. I was just thinking about when he got like dismantled by the pirates in Clone Wars or by Grievous, and now yeah. just. He has like a fresh new thing, but he's still 75% yeah, good new so fresh coat of paint. You know, Hugh Ang, uh, and every time I saw him, I think there's one specific line where he says, it's time to begin or something like that. Oh, right, right. Just throws me back into the room at, at Star Wars Celebration 2022. Oh, when, yeah. Remember then, it was like more than a year ago, and yeah. <laughs> uh, me, you, True Davis are sitting there watching it, and there was like, we got 15 seconds of, of footage and it was just like the most incredible thing. And now here we are already talking about it. Time flies. Right. But yeah, exactly. It's it's just crazy how we've gone from that to uh to now watching the show. I mean, people might not give one one down about that, but to me, I just I'm kind of I was thinking about those moments a lot while we were watching the episode. Yeah. Same. Um, even yeah. even the moment where we got to see Sabine with the mural, with the Rebels mural. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly. great. And I, actually, I got to point it out, going back to that writer Azadi um, little scene, I love that that the debut of that mural or whatever it was such a, like, grand purpose. Like, it was just, yeah. it was it was a cool moment celebrating the freedom of Lothal. Because, um, quick side note, I thought, I thought, because people were complaining, I remember when Lothal was freed and everything, I remember people complaining about, like this is a inside Star Wars thing, but people were complaining in the Battlefront Two campaign that had come out like months prior that it had mentioned in there that Lothal, like there's a dialogue in there between Del Mico and Iden when they were flying to Cloud City, or I'm sorry, Bespin. They're flying in Bespin, and they're like, "Oh, I can't wait to visit uh, Lothal. Like it would be nice to see that place free again for once, or something like that. I want to see that place liberated." When it's like, wait a minute, months later, yeah. we saw Lothal be liberated. And then I yeah. was like, oh, wait, maybe maybe it got occupied again. But in Rebels finale, they mentioned that it's like, no, that attack never came. Sabine says in the epilogue, she's like, yeah. that attack that the we attack were all we expecting all yeah. never yeah. came. So I this 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 these two episodes started to answer some questions about like the state of Lothal afterwards, after the Empire and stuff. So um or I'm sorry, after, you know, the events of the original trilogy and stuff, because I was just, you know, it's just, you think we spent so much time on the thoughts, like, I want to know what what happened while Empire Strikes Back was going on. Oh, what about the, that first Death Star? What was, was Lothal yeah. ever a target, you know? And, you know, because I'm pretty sure the Empire was, like, 
let's keep Lothal's uprising very hush hush and pretend like I mean and, and Del Miko and Iden were Imperial, so it's like you think they would know, but it's like it was probably so sealed off that it's like Lothal, exactly. it's occupied. We don't want any we don't want the rest of the galaxy knowing that the rebels actually freed Lothal. It's no, no, no. Like it's still occupied and whatever, you know, propaganda. But anyways, that's something I want to let out because as, as I was watching the Rebels finale, I was like, that is such a cool topic of interest. Like if I was drunk in a bar and, and you were there or whatever, or someone else was there, <laughs> another Star Wars fan, I think I would could go on this topic for 10 minutes. I just <laughs> wanted to just want to do a little spiel. So thank you for indulging. There you go. Click that, put that on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> um, so something uh, we, we kind of skipped over was, so, I mean, it's been the worst kept secret of all time, but the live ca- uh, live action casting of Ezra was, of course, uh, Eamon, I can't, I'm not going to try to say the name. Fondy. Yeah, something like that. Um, he, he's, it's worst secret kept of all time. He's playing Ezra live action. And we got <laughs> to see um, a hologram of him. And, I, you know, I said to Mike, man, I just, that, that was kind of jarring, almost cringeworthy to watch just because the, first of all, the costume, like Mike pointed out, doesn't translate very well into live action. Um, but yeah, I, I liked the interpretation. Obviously, it's such a small part. And when we see him playing the character, hopefully down the line, it's going to be a completely different characterization. But yeah, that was a sort of a jarring moment to see uh, Ezra in live action. But I mean, you know, it's going to take some getting used to, but overall. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Definitely. And even, yeah. I mean, it's even going to be weird seeing Anakin in a flashback scene, Anakin oh, yeah. with Ahsoka. I'm like, as Hayden they... Christensen. Yeah. Even though it's Hayden Christensen, I'm still going to be like, because I, you know, I grew up with Clone Wars and love Matt Lanter sometimes. Um, <laughs> that's an essential. Sorry. Um, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, why are they trying to replicate Matt Lanter and Ashley Eckstein? I'm going to have like such yeah. a weird response to it. i know even though it is hayden christensen the original anakin i'm just gonna have like a a weird probably response to it but you know i'm sure it's not gonna take long for me to be like oh my god it's hayden christensen and rosario yeah. dawson you know it's gonna be exactly. it's just that little hurdle that to get over and i'm sure like you know and in, in ari's experience it's, it's gonna be cringeworthy but yeah you know, you'll we'll, we'll get used to it. I think we'll the whole we'll, fandom collectively experienced that with with Rosario, or at least a, a fair portion of it. Oh, for but, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, some something else to talk about of interest from still that first episode is, um, you know, it was really hinted at heavily in the trailers, but the relationship, the dynamic between Sabine and Hera is super interesting. It's man, I, I actually we haven't even really talked about this um, even off air, but. I'm interested to see what is actually going on here because uh, Hu Yang and Sabine have a discussion in the second episode about you are the least talented, the least uh, in touch, I suppose, with the Force. Like it, it was meant to be a funny thing, but there was you know a lot of truth to it. Um, so I'm curious. I don't want to be that guy like, well, is she Force-sensitive or like what's going on here? But but genuinely, is she Force-sensitive? Is that what's going on? Or is this a Chirrut Imwe situation? I'm not sure. And then on top of that, the relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine is super compelling to me um at least now i have so much i want to know about i'm like man give me a comic series a book something about what's going on since rebels ended and and these moments because they're talking about oh you left me or you know you were stubborn you're still the same all this stuff so and yeah what what are your thoughts on on everything i've just talked about there i think it's it's a very shocking revelation because it's not what i would have imagined or even wrote myself after seeing the epilogue of of rebels and you know yeah. um as they only said one story 
ends with rebels and another one begins and you know and then he even released concept art of or i mean like just just a picture a drawing of sabine and ahsoka and um they were like you know faring in the mountains or whatnot and snowy mountains and whatever do you remember that piece of pick of art that he released one time he i don't know how far after the finale put it but we'll we'll find it and post it somewhere but uh to me it was just it was jarring to get all this information and and also being told like wait sabine's force sensitive because there's not a one moment in the series that i could think that she was force sensitive but i think you can maybe go back to the trials of the dark saber and maybe say some aspects you know because everyone's like everyone has the force residing in them but you just have to i think kanan said it where you like everyone has i think it was in that episode it's it, you know where kanan was giving her the speech like everyone has the force but it some people are a, a bit more shut off to it and he was trying yeah. to help sabine like open the doors to it you know and i think maybe i don't i don't i don't know how i would how i would frame it but i could maybe probably make a case that she is force sensitive and stuff that she but because she's so stubborn she just has always had her doors closed to it or something i gotta say if that's the path they go down which i think there was a teaser or something uh maybe i think the leaked celebration trailer teased like her moving a cup or something with her hand and yeah just for me personally if they go down that route i'm gonna try and be open-minded to it but that's that's going to be a very, yeah, I agree with you, very shocking revelation. Like you're saying we've watched a 76-episode series or however long Rebels is. No hint toward that, at least I feel like. Maybe at the tiniest bit in the Trials of the Darksaber episode. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, bang, she is like, I don't know. I'd be really interested to see how they do it. I'd trust Dave to pull it off, but yeah. Right. I mean, it did feel very mystical when when Sabine was kicking rocks in, in Trials of the Darksaber and then she walks away and then Bendu gets up and... The, He's just like, hmm. And I'm yeah. just like, hmm. I, I always thought that there could have been a connection there because I'm like, well, Bendu only appears really to force sensitive people. But then when he gets shot out of the sky by Thrawn, <laughs> uh, then he says something really like, he just drops a bomb on Thrawn and then just disappears. But <laughs> I, it's so funny thinking about now. But so I don't, I don't know. I think maybe the, there could have been a connection there between Bendu almost appearing to Sabine and whatever. Because I think in, Rebels Recon, Pablo Hidalgo, or Dave Filoni. Yeah, yeah. They, they mentioned that they yeah. were going to have like a scene together, right? Yeah, yeah. But then they, Pablo, I'm, I'm like ninety percent sure Pablo ends up saying, but like, uh, in our head canon or whatever, that they don't actually talk. Right. Right. Exactly. So, which is interesting. It was like, but then it's like, why was that even in the episode if they don't talk? Like, it's, it's a weird. Moment, yeah they were gonna have like some moment or something we have to go back and we'll report back to you guys so you guys yeah. go watch it and do your homework but but there was like something there so this revelation of sabine and ahsoka i think is, is so interesting because i'm like well that makes sense why ezra left behind the lightsaber it's like yeah put it put it to use like train train her but it i mean she would have to have the force i don't know like it just it it just and but also like they're they're like how broken their kind of relationship is at the moment it it just it's so empowering in a way because it takes you back to when kanan was training sabine and even yeah. though she was like so like she almost gave up and everything and kanan had to do a new approach to get to sabine and mm-hmm. he finally did it and and she had like this whole emotional moment and she was able to wield that dark saber yeah. so i wonder she- if 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go sorry, sorry. I was just going to interject to say she's such a great character like that because she's so she she's so relatable. Like that that stubborn edge she has. There's everything about her. Um, I heard someone talking about it uh, yesterday on on a video. But yes, yeah, what a, what a, it was actually the the new actor Natasha. She was saying that Sabine is is just yeah, she's she's an incredible character, and I can sort of uh, I have a feeling some people aren't really gonna like sabine who are uh, new to the character watching these first two episodes i don't know why i have a feeling of that um because she sort of comes off almost like ahsoka and ezra did at the start of um their series just in terms of like that cocky annoying ready random yeah. stubbornness but then um i love it though i think it's great she's she's the characterization is is great from from both actresses and then and the writing is good and yeah i mean you can just go watch Trials of the Dark Saber, and that speaks for itself. But I'm glad to see that continue in Ahsoka, at least so far. Right, and and we talked about this, but I love what they're doing with Ahsoka. We didn't. You said it. You you thought it would be boring if Ahsoka was just always this like, you know, if she was the character that she was in Rebels in the series, yeah. it would be so boring. I'd be like, yeah. great, yeah, no, Ahsoka knows all the answers, you know um because ahsoka in rebels she played like the role of like obi-wan or yoda where she was the one answering the questions you know Mm. uh and and now it's like she thinks she has all the answers but it's like oh no you got to talk to sabine you know and it's playing that role hera is playing that role in this series um the one that ahsoka played in rebels hera Mm. gets to play that role now and she's kind of being like "Mm, you gotta you gotta like all right, what's your definition of being ready? It's like, yeah, Hera. So, and it just fits the Hera character so well anyway, but it just works perfectly. And we're going to see Ahsoka grow a lot through Sabine. So I'm, it's cool. It it definitely feels like the Ahsoka and Sabine show at the moment. Yeah, man. The more this conversation goes on, the more I'm realizing how much I really love these two episodes. (laughs) Like what a great, what a great setup for, for Ahsoka as a character to like, I can, I can see the the journey that we're going to go on with Ahsoka, which is great because, yeah, like you know, like we were talking about, this show would be boring if we got the Ahsoka from Rebels. Like, she's going to go through um, her own development through her relationship with Sabine, and um, and then you know the conflict that's going to come with Thrawn and everything. So, yeah, no, that's great. Um, I guess yeah, uh, uh, part one ends with uh, Sabine getting stabbed, which just felt like the Grand Inquisitor from everyone all over again. I was just like, yeah, right. Like, cause we've already seen her in trailers. Plus come on, they're not killing Sabine right. like that. But yeah, that I almost just like rolled my eyes or not even, I kind of just laughed. Like I was just like, great, whatever. Yeah. Like, I love too. It, it feels unnecessary. I, I wish they just like, you know, sort of like how with Obi-Wan in attack of the clones, like, like cut her leg a, a little bit. So then she can fall over, but do we have to stab her? Like, I don't know. Right. No, yeah, no, exactly. Like it just felt, it just, it just felt like so unnecessary that I laughed, and I'm like, okay, yeah. but, but in actuality, I think I liked it a bit because as soon as that happened, um, afterwards, like Sabine cut her hair, um, and she also cut it because she was going on like this new journey and and donning her armor again. But I always felt like when sabine went through like an experience she would always like change up her hair when she got shot in the in the helmet by vader well when he deflected her blaster she changed she changed her armor scheme and everything and she changed her hair um so it just it it felt kind of attuned to that but you could also make the case that she changed she cut her hair because she was going on on this new journey and she was donning that that armor again but i like your interpretation (laughs) thank you 
um yeah no for sure uh anyways that that was what it was but also the fact they ended the episode on it as well like as if yeah, like right. it would be this big cliffhanger i was like oh thank right. god they released both episodes today <laughs> but um yeah anyway uh moving on to part two we've already covered a lot of the stuff in there but to i'm sort of just filtering through it now to see what we haven't talked about um i guess yeah uh obviously the map gets taken off which is where you know a big moment in the story um, and Balin and Shin and all the and Morgan Ellsworth have the have the the map that for some reason exists. Anyway, so we find out something pretty interesting, which is that the Pergil have all but taken Ezra and Thrawn to a different galaxy. Which, man, that's crazy. <laughs> they're they're in a different galaxy, but I mean, I like that because it explains sort of why they've been like so impossible to find and whatever. I guess the only way back is through the Pergil or I guess this new invention that Morgan Elspeth is, has created uh, on Corellia. But yeah, that's sort of, uh, that's sort of an early revelation in the episode. And of course, Morgan Elspeth, uh, there was a lot going, of theories going around uh, before Ahsoka came out. I don't know if, I don't know if you heard the mic, but about her being a night sister already, because yes. you can see her uh, yeah, floating around some green magic stuff. And that was confirmed, which I really like. I think that's super cool. Um, Very cool. I don't know. I don't know what the relevance is going to be, but I trust that there will be something there. But yeah, there was a there was a fair few revelations in this second episode, which yeah, I, I, uh, overall I agree with you. The first episode was more cinematic, and this one felt more like a TV episode. But it still felt like I was like, all right, cool, like we're right. we're off, we're off. The race is off, you know. We're watching it go go ahead. So yeah, what did you think of all that stuff though? Uh, first, uh, Morgan Elizabeth, she looks. I love the way she looks. She looks crazy. Mm, she agree. looks. She looks like she hasn't been like even just a few strands that are not in place in her in her on her head. She looks crazy. Her eyes look like she hasn't like she has baggy eyes that she hasn't slept like in in weeks. Like she just looks crazy. Like she's on a on a mission to get Thrawn. So I loved seeing that character back, and I love how just crazier she looks than the last time. Yeah. Like she's slowly losing herself. Um, also love that um there was actually a tease to like this dathomir stuff in the first episode because um i picked up uh when ahsoka was at doing the puzzle stuff the indiana jones stuff when she finally gets the thing there's like the this sound effect um i think yeah it was in clone wars that it just sounds like the magic that's being used yeah, when right. the death with uh, the night sisters when they're doing magic it, it made that sound and i was like oh that's weird that they use that sound and then the second episode when that gets revealed i'm like oh that's cool that's a cool that's a cool connection yeah. um yeah shout out lucasfilm yeah. uh skywalker sound for always like just doing the smallest things like that just for it just enhances the experience mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but yeah morgan elsbeth uh, was really cool to look at it made sense uh, as you said with the with the whales with the pergill um I, I still we need to have like a different show on this podcast maybe like we start it now and we just go on until whenever but just a rebels rewatch and just oh, yeah. talk about yeah. like oh, ugh, so like this is it's just so like just compact with so much to talk about that it's like wait i have to remember this is the ahsoka show not the rebels show <laughs> because all i want to do is talk i mean rebels. you can it's pretty it's much kind of both five, yeah man. yeah it's kind of the same but um I mean, I, I this is more of a critique on the overall John Favreau and Dave Filoni verse uh, with the Thrawn character um, because it just it feels a little bit redundant to use the character as a villain again uh, the way that 
you know, the heir to the empire books use them. And it's like, it just feels like we're, we're doing that when it's like, I think it would have been really fascinating the way we're expecting a Ezra Bridger uh, character change up. I mm. would have expected a Thrawn character change up a bit yeah. just because it would have been like Thrawn and Ezra would have had to rely on each other now to survive. Or at least that's what I would have thought. They would have had yeah. to become allies now that Thrawn was pulled away from from the Empire and stuff. And Ezra was pulled like now they were just like tasked with, you know, depending on each other to survive. So I thought we might have seen a Thrawn character change, but it look it's they're not they're not doing that anyways that's just a critique on on that but in here what they're, what they're saying yeah all makes sense um i'm the way jumping ahead here but just the end the end point with the damn machine that they're going i'm like where as you were saying earlier it's like where are they going with this i'm very curious on the story obviously i'm excited about all this rebel stuff and and seeing how the story evolves after the finale of, of rebels but i'm just like I'm I'm very much attuned also to the story that they're building here into the return of Thrawn and and Ezra essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And and I said to Mike, uh, the fifth episode's directed by Dave Filoni, and at the pace we're going at, really feels like that'll be the episode where we get Ezra and Thrawn and stuff. Right. Um, just throwing that out there. I don't know, but that's just that's just a thought. Which to add on to what you're saying, I'm like, okay, well, if we get Ezra and Thrawn, then what are those last three episodes doing? You know, I'm, I'm super interested. Which those will be great because we can see what happened with Ezra. How's he going? <laughs> Obviously something I care about a lot. And then same with Thrawn for, for everyone uh, eager to, to hear that. Um, also, uh, just a few random things that are kind of unrelated, but I just want to touch on. Part of me is a little bit annoyed that the, that this show is called Ahsoka at all. I, I just, I, I like Ahsoka as the main character. I don't mind that, but it, it, uh, it feels like it puts the show in a shoebox. Um, of having to be about Ahsoka, you know what I mean? Where, um, say, if there's a, a second season, Ahsoka can become a side character and Sabine can become a main character or Ezra becomes a main character, whatever it is. Um, and also just, it, it feels like such a generic title. I'm kind of sick of the titles and or Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ahsoka. Like, let's, yeah. I prefer a bit more creativity because Andor could easily be called anything else. You know what I mean? Like right. Dawn of the, of the Rebellion or whatever it is. And this could be something that, uh like star wars uh, resi- uh i mean it can't be that but you you, you know what i mean anything but ahsoka anything. rebels that's legacy rebels legacy sure. that i'm all in sure. for that. <laughs> that that's already you've, you've just learned that off the top of the dome that already sounds better than ahsoka <laughs> anyway that's a small gripe but is what it is um also the ahsoka title screen is so plain Wild, it's just like yeah. the logo and like a tiny tune whatever though it's not a big deal i, I don't i don't care that much um and something that like We've known for a while, but just seeing it was really great. It's just like um, sort of how, well, first of all, that there's a female lead, but all the side characters, there's a, just a strong female presence in this show, which I think is really refreshing for Star Wars. The The lead is female. The side characters, you know, Sabine, Hera, the oh. villain, Morgan Elsbeth, and I didn't even, you know, I, I'm not watching that thinking like, oh, this is great that, you know, they're doing this. It's like, no, they just did it and it was great, you know? And um, no one's uh, ragging on about it, at least that I've heard. Um, and it's so refreshing compared to things we've got where in Star Wars a lot of the time, you know, it's just, it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of uh, testosterone, I suppose. Um, mm. which I didn't even it, think of, it was fine, so it, subtle yeah, that I didn't exactly. even. But it, that's, how, that's how it always should be. And I think it's, it's great that that just exists in, in this show. And 
all these characters are so great and like we're sitting here two dudes not even like <laughs> thinking about it or anything just like you know loving it i, I just wanted to point that out because i thought i think that's something that it's a credit yeah. to dave floney he created a lot i think all these characters all the, the four that i mentioned Hera, sabine ahsoka and morgan elspeth he created all of them so credit to him uh, but yeah i just thought that was worth mentioning yeah my it's funny my mom was you know she saw an ahsoka trailer and she's like oh my god i want to watch that and she liked the you know she's not her first experience to ahsoka was besides you know the times that my brother and i would watch clone wars on friday nights and you know eventually popping in the room to see what we're watching then walking out you know i'm sure she saw ahsoka then and there when we're watching mm -hmm. rebels but her first like real like episode sitting down and watching something ahsoka was ahsoka mandalorian and uh she was just like she liked the character and everything so she's a jedi oh interesting interesting and then she saw the ahsoka trailer and was like oh my god like that that looks cool like that kind of reminds me of wonder woman and i was like hmm interesting because my mom's favorite superhero ever is like wonder woman and i'm like oh cool i didn't even think about it like that so i'm like oh yeah like this is exactly what you said it just feels like uh it's, it's just it, it's a nice change and when my mom put that perspective for me i'm like oh because you know you got like the batman superman spider-man movie captain captain america all this and then you get that wonder woman movie and it's like oh what what a change up from the lineup and that's exactly what yeah. this feels like you know even just to yeah. cast the characters it just so. yeah the whole show and not just because of what we're talking about it just feels so fresh so clean like it does, it does. I, i'm just loving it but uh yeah, a few, uh, we won't go too deep into the Corelli things because we're running low on time here, but I mean, all that stuff, I, Corelli was great. I thought it looked good, all that. I liked everything that happened there. The action was great. Hera and Chopper in the Phantom, we already talked about it oh. earlier, but yeah, oh. all that was, was great. The, the humor as well, like that just, that was just felt like, you know, Star Wars Rebels live action right there. Yes. Yes. Um, And then finally, to finish it off, I want to talk about the the ending, which it feels like, you know, no one's confirmed this, but I mean, come on, we know that that ending was the Rebels epilogue, at least, you know, we can be 95% sure. Um, there's some small changes. Ahsoka's not holding the staff. Ahsoka's wearing a gray robe instead of a white robe. Um, but I think they're pretty uh, clearly trying to show us that that is the epilogue, the way Sabine goes in and taps on Ezra's face right. like that and um, the way the ship's there and just, just the whole, the whole, the way that's all panned out. Uh, the retcons we can talk about that um but overall it's just like the the i think i'm just satisfied with those two episodes leading to that moment and now we take off on the adventure the retcons whatever but um i just thought that was i feel very fulfilled from these two episodes and i felt like that was a great end point and now i feel like yeah where this journey is just beginning and, and we're off no yeah and it's it just it now, if anything, I love that if you go back and rewatch the finale and the epilogue, you know, attached to it, it just feels like now you get more context to that scene. And you're yeah. like, because Sabine literally, it's like, I've always wondered why there was just this awkward stance between them. And it was just like Ahsoka just standing there. And because I'm like, okay, this is obviously they prearranged this because there's no way that Ahsoka just showed up and Sabine's like, Oh my god i thought you were dead you know, I thought, you know so it's like it's it, with this added context of sabine like turning around <laughs> sorry that's a very funny thought oh i thought you were dead just, yeah she just showed up on the on her door yeah exactly um yeah. but if you rewatch the the like the animated version of that blog sabine kind of turns around like kind of like this like she's kind of confused mm -hmm. and ahsoka's just standing there kind of like 
this is, you know, something obviously happened. So with this added context, now I'm going to watch that scene and be like, oh, perfect. I, I get it now. I get it. Yeah. I, I, get, I get that stance and they have history between them. They're kind of feuding at the moment and not everything's yeah. all that good. I get it. I get it. I think one thing that slightly bothers me, the costume is, I can't lie, it does bother me, but I'm just trying so hard to not not think or worry about that. The thing that genuinely does kind of annoy me is in the epilogue, Sabine says, uh, like, but one day it just hit me. Like, as what Ezra was saying meant something more than just he's counting on me or whatever. It meant, you know, he's out there somewhere and it's time to bring him home. And then the way Hera, uh, Hera had an okay response, but, but Sabine, the the way she sort of discovered, oh, so Ezra could be out there, like, it felt very much like, yeah, great. Like, but if it had been six years and that truly was the first time someone had mentioned the prospect of Ezra might still be alive, I kind of wish she had a bigger reaction to it also. But but then that makes me think maybe I'm going to try and give myself some headcanon here to, to bring some peace <laughs> to, to this whole thing. But maybe, so Sabine says, but one day I just, I had this realization, Ezra's out there and it's time to bring him home. Maybe this was something that they'd already uh, talked about with, uh, talked about, you know, a few years ago and, She'd already had that realization. I think Ezra's out there. I don't know how I'm going to find him, but I'm I'm trying or something like that. And then Ahsoka sort of has now found the the evidence required to be like, yeah, he's out there. Let's go find him. But mm. I do, I wish we got a bigger reaction from Sabine. Like, are you serious? Maybe I have to go rewatch because I can't remember exactly what the reaction was. But um, yeah, I don't know. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I I totally see that. I could see I could see that the years kind of took a toll on her. If like maybe that was like like because it's like. The, I'm pretty sure before they would have tried to find him, you know, and even at the end of uh, after they disappear, Hera's like pull up every star chart of Ezra's last location or something and then Ezra's message pops up and it's kind of like a hey, we'll see each other again someday type deal, but it's like Sabine, you know she, in, in the Rebels epilogue she says like, I thought it was he wanted me to take care of his people and Lothal. But then one day I realized it was something uh, bigger. And I thought I was connecting back to the piece of when she played the hologram in the Ahsoka series, she played the hologram mm. of Ezra. And yeah, I kind of, I, I see what you're saying. I need to rewatch it to get more of a like definitive stance on it, but I do like your head can. Yeah. There's some pieces that yeah. you can totally like put into play. But as you said, I, like the way they were yeah. so close, you would have expected like, some gray area reaction. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's still the great thing. There's still six episodes left. You know, I really hope we get some flashbacks to something or even just some dialogue that, um, that goes over kind of what we're talking about. Just, but I like that, that era of Sabine and Ahsoka training just interests me so much. I want, I just want to know so much more about that. Um, there's, but yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on. There's, there's just so much to, like rebels is such a fat juicy watermelon okay yeah. that i just like i just can't get enough of you know like those fat juicy watermelons like juiciest ones like it's just it's never ending and that's what i feel yeah. like rebels we just not that we have to like milk it entirely but it's like there's just so much there that we're just like yeah. we're like we've literally just only peeled the watermelon it's like we like let's sink our teeth into everything that we can explore with this series and stuff like as as you said in like a book or something of of these yeah. two characters or even just like the moments between each season like it's just it, there's so much with rebels that i just i want to know what yeah. happens to because everything has been look 
look, Lucasfilm and, and Disney books, they would have totally exploited all these little threads that make books. But the yeah. perfect thing about why that hasn't happened is because all of this is under Dave Filoni's palm and hand. Yeah. All of this. Yeah. Like, they, like, how come we never heard about Lothal in the First Order uh, region? Or in the air in the era, we yeah. heard of all the Kashyyyk got re-enslaved, or you know they took the the Wookies and enslaved them again. Great, Lothal has just not been touched for a reason. So I hope mm-hmm. that Dave Filoni, as we go forward with this Ahsoka show, I hope we just get more of like Ahsoka Sabine the characters. I want I I want to know what happens to Ojo. I know that yeah. he gets killed uh, in Rebels, but yeah, I just yeah. I, I want to know more about him. I want to know yeah. how he got there. I just, you know, favorite glove shit. Yeah, what can exactly. I say? I, I've always said I want Rebels content between season two and three. I would love to see yes. everything that goes on there. But anyways, uh, <laughs> that, 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 that was a big, juicy discussion that we just had that's gone for more than an hour. But I'm sure there was a lot to unpack and we have a lot to say. Still. Um, but yeah, and, and so next week it looks like, yeah, but the track has been placed. The, those guys are the, the baddies are about to take off uh and will will soka and sabine catch them in time we'll we'll see next week but man it's going to be a lot of fun covering the show i'm already having a blast just watching it and talking about it with you um yes. and getting back into the instagram space both of us for this for this show has been super fun too so man yeah we're uh we're all we're all ready here to continue covering ahsoka hopefully you guys enjoyed this uh this discussion that's gone on for a while but um it's been fun but oh before we go any last thoughts also um what's your overall rating for let's just let's just combine the just what's your overall rating of ahsoka so far nine out of ten yeah for sure overall thought wait which did you say overall thoughts i said did you have anything that you want to add but sure give overall um Funny how people were saying Mary Els, whatever her name is, uh, Morgan Elsbeth, when she was doing the, she put like that, when she was with Balin and uh, Sheen, when she did like, it was like that big hologram of the map. Mm. Everybody thought that that was a, the world between mm. worlds that we've seen in trailers and stuff. And I was like, you guys are, I was like, yeah. that looks like a map. And yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what we got here. So I thought it was so funny. Vindication. By the way, that little, that like shot of coming onto that planet, that going oh, in that and was gorgeous like, well, that was gorgeous that was great yeah. i'm like yeah. disney plus who anyways yeah exactly. um so yeah i could see why people were saying like oh all the andor fans are gonna like this because it's kind of, it just feels like a step up from the man the cinematography and the mandalorian oh, anyways yeah. um final i mean just overall thoughts anything else to say i mean as you said this is gonna be so much fun to cover i this is I'm, we're both big Rebels fans. That when we went to Galaxy's Edge, um, the we 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 try to we try to buy something that like we both can get, and like he'll have mm-hmm. a version of, and I'll have a version of, and we got a puffer pig. Mine is sorry, How mine, could is, we right not? <laughs> mine <laughs> oh, is over there. Yeah, there it is. yeah, mine. I'll get it out. That's <laughs> what I was forgetting. Oh, could you do that again? That was <laughs> that was ASMR. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um, we'll try to do that every episode of Puffer Pig Squeal. But um, yeah. it just, this is great. Like, like this just feels like a, a great continuation of, of, of Rebels so far. I don't know what the next episodes will track, but it just feels like a good start. It feels refreshing to sit here and talk about something live action Star Wars that we like both thoroughly enjoy. Like, oh, yeah. or I should say oh, really greatly. It just feels nice. It just feels 
like we're back and i hope yeah. it continues for the next uh, couple weeks and dave filoni he I, i'll give credit where credit's due dave filoni killed it like this is just a step up from and even it just the writing feels like a step up live action wise and and he just has been working his butt off and it shows that this just yeah. this was grand yeah no i <laughs> excuse me i agree completely uh yeah nine out of ten as well for me i don't have anything to say besides let's just please keep this rolling it's so nice to sit here and just talk about you know everything we loved mandalorian season three was so taxing <laughs> on me i'm just like Almost. i'm really excited for this journey um so let, let's keep it going but until next week guys you can follow our pod page at the sw exchange we're pretty inactive on there lately but we will be back on it this week for sure um uh, you can follow me at star wars underscore exchange on instagram you can follow mike at all underscore star wars on instagram we've never done that before but i just i know it always feels so goofy to me i just never want to do it but i just thought whatever especially yeah, why not <laughs> um anyways uh yeah uh please follow us on our, all our podcasting platforms subscribe on youtube hit us up with the five star rating if you enjoy the show really appreciate that um but yeah until next week guys see you later may the force be with you adios